to the Wellness Triangle, your one-stop shop for all things spirit, mind, and body. I'm Ariana, and I'm a sophomore in the physical therapy program with a minor in math. On campus, I'm involved with Student Advocates for Wellness, the Honors Program, and a member of the Women's Cross Country and Track and Field teams. And I'm Kaylee. I'm a junior in the Health Education Program with a minor in Education. I'm also in the Honors Program, an RA in Gulick, a Student Advocate for Wellness, a part of Vagina Monologues, and a member of the Women's Swim Team. And on today's episode, we will be talking about cultivating healthy relationships, any and all of them, from your relationships with others, either romantically or just friends, and your relationship with yourself. So when we start talking about relationships, something that is really important to having a relationship, but often forgot about, is intentions. So what exactly are intentions, Ariana, and why are they so important in a relationship? So first, it's important to define the word intention. An intention is the purpose or goal you want to attain from the relationship. Intentions can be romantic, forming of a business, a student-to-student negotiation about a class or a club or a team, or simply developing good habits between a family member or friend. Intentions are important because they lay the framework for your relationship. Having both intentions in your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others can make relationships develop more smoothly. That's a really good overview of what an intention is. For example, for just being able to set intentions, say I was asked to go on a date with someone who I kind of see as a friend, but maybe I don't know if I want to be more than friends, but we're going to go out for brunch on Saturday. And I don't know, is it is a date or is it not a date? Am I going to pay? Are they going to pay? Are we going to split the bill? Are we going to go back to my place or their place after we go to brunch? How are we going to get there? Am I driving? Are they driving? Like trying to set intentions can be so confusing or something you just don't want to ask these questions at all because you're afraid maybe you're going to step on somebody's toes or you don't know how they're going to react. Do you have any advice for maybe how I could approach setting intentions or just communicating my intentions? Yeah, definitely. That's difficult for a lot of us. And you're not alone in that situation, Kately. When you say setting intentions can be difficult, it is very hard. For me, I am so focused on pleasing the other, especially in a romantic relationship, that I tend to forget all my own goals and what I want from the relationship. It can be best to look at intentions with the relationship with yourself first and you can apply some of those to cultivate your relationship with others. For me, I find self-reflection to be the hardest part, but also a hump that once you get over learning what works for you, it can make everything easier. You want to figure out what is important to you in different aspects of your life. This can be done regularly through self-care questionnaires, talking it through with someone like a counselor, or just simply giving yourself a bit of alone time to jot down some thoughts. Once you develop your intentions, it's good to set specific goals to help you fulfill those intentions and continue to build your relationship with yourself. I think I found myself in so such similar situations where I've just wanted to please another person that I'm in, in a relationship with. And it, it might not even be like a romantic relationship, but I've just been in a place that I don't want to make them upset at me. And I don't take the time to think about my own intentions and I end up in places that I don't really want to be that maybe I'm super uncomfortable in and how can I kind of set intentions with other people but also make sure that I keep my intentions in the front of my mind say that I go to hang out with someone and they want to do a little bit more than hang out but I don't I don't want them to not think of me as a friend anymore but 
I'm really uncomfortable and that kind of goes against the intentions I have in my mind. How can I kind of start to have that conversation? Yeah, and taking the habits that I just talked about of setting intentions with yourself and bringing them to relationship with others can seem a little bit awkward at times, especially in new relationships, but it's so important. Many times in my life, I just assume the other person knows what I'm thinking, just like you said. I've been in situations where I or someone else wants to take a relationship to the next level, and it becomes a very uncomfortable situation. Even though it can get awkward talking about intentions, it is so important to do and can be as simple as, let's be study buddies for chem, or I'm not looking for a committed boyfriend or girlfriend right now, but do you wanna to go to lunch as friends? It doesn't have to be a formal conversation. You just have to say what you want from the relationship. I think those are super awesome points. You know, there's always that situation where one week you just really want to be friends with somebody and then you start to have feelings and then maybe you start dating, but your intentions start to change a little and you just want to go back to being friends. Intentions change all the time and your feelings change all the time. How do you best communicate if your intentions change? Yeah, and that's a completely normal thing for your intentions to be changing. Intentions can change, especially in new relationships, as you get to know someone, and that is okay as long as they are communicated. Since most of our listeners are college students like you and me, most of us have been in or seen the situations of study buddies go to friends with benefits to dating to just friends again, all in sometimes a couple weeks. As this is a pretty seamless intention transition if it is communicated between both parties, let's be real, it usually isn't. Normalizing saying intentions when they change is something I've tried to do with all my friends, and I hope that our listeners can try this too. You don't have to explicitly use the word intention. You just have to have a conversation about what you want. I think that's so important. Like, even just talking, like, are we just going to be friends? You don't even have to say, like, my intentions for the relationship are X, Y, Z. You can literally just have a normal conversation, kind of just have it in the back of your mind that you just want to figure out where everyone is kind of just on the same page. Yeah, and intentions go hand in hand with boundaries and communication in a relationship. Without intentions, there's no boundaries, there's no communication, they're all like a triangle working together. What are the best ways to set boundaries in a relationship and how do they differ between relationships? I think one really simple way to kind of think about boundaries right now is a lot of our physical boundaries. We're in the middle of a pandemic and sometimes you want people to stay six feet away or you don't want to see as many people as you might normally see. And it's not that you don't like this other person, maybe someone who you're good friends with, but they're not super, super close to, so they're not in your six-person circle. They ask you if you want to go to get a drink or they want to go to Cheney with you and sit and eat, but you don't feel comfortable being around them without a mask on because they're not in your small circle. It's totally okay to say, I would be more comfortable walking around the track with you six feet apart and just catching up. Or I would be more than happy to do a Zoom conversation or watch something on Netflix party because you don't want to cross over your boundaries that are physical. So it's also just like really important to understand that not everyone can read your mind and not to get super angry super quickly um, if someone tries to cross that physical boundary, but really just have those conversations. I'd agree. In the past couple months with COVID changing and all the different restrictions being put on us, it's definitely hard to have boundaries when you're in a college dorm room. And I think Kaylee could agree as she's an RA 
with freshmen who love to mingle and love to make friends. For me, I always have people barging into my room, always wanting to hang out or do homework together. And it's hard because we have a four person limit to these rooms and you wanna to stick to that four person limit to protect both yourself and the college community. We want to stay here on campus and setting those boundaries is so important and it should be normalized instead of being a rule that only some people follow and some people don't. I think that's a really great point. People just walking in, you know, a lot of people have these open door policies and sometimes don't lock their doors if they're in their room and people just kind of mosey on in because they have a question, comment, or concern. And most of the time, that's really nice to get to talk to people, but it's also really important to make sure that you tell people that if my door is closed, please knock before entering. Or if there's three other people in my room and that I, you can't come in right now because we have a four person limit and I will come and hang out with you at another time. Um, and just really being clear with those things. And that's even just aside from COVID, like if your dorm room is closed, please don't barge into my room. I'm studying or I'm just taking time for myself right now. Another big place that boundaries are really important is if you're having a sexual relationship with someone and that could be your friends with benefits. That could be like, oh, just a one day hookup. That could be a relationship you've had for a while. And that if you don't feel like having sex with someone one day, or if you don't feel like kissing somebody that one day or really doing anything, you don't have to, you don't owe anyone anything, but you should say if they're crossing your boundary or if you don't feel comfortable and that other person should respect that. If you're on the receiving end of somebody explaining their, their boundary to you, you should be accepting and be like, okay, like that's your boundary and I'm not going to cross it because you probably wouldn't appreciate it so much if someone crossed your boundary. And that definitely links us back to intentions, Kately. If you're going over to go hang out with someone and you don't feel like doing something that night, that's your intention for the one hour is to communicate that you don't want to do anything except for lie in bed and watch a movie. That can be your intention. Intentions have no time period. They can be short-term goals. They can be long-term goals. They could last for a time period of 10 minutes or they can last for a time period of 10 years. That's also a really good point. Int intentions change as we talked about previously. Another place that boundaries become really important is emotionally. Um, sometimes when you're in a relationship with someone, you want to be vulnerable with them or you want your partner to be vulnerable with you and they're just, they just have those emotional walls up and they have boundaries when you first get into that relationship that is sometimes hard to navigate. Even just within your own household relationships, for example, your mom calls you constantly and is asking a million questions about how you're doing, how's school going, how's your friends going, how's your sport going, how are you doing physically, how are you doing mentally, and sometimes you just don't have the energy to answer all of those questions, and that's totally a-okay. Maybe just saying, hi mom, I love you, and it's really nice to hear from you. May I please call you back in a day from now when I'm doing a little bit better, or I'm busy at the moment in time, can I call you back in maybe a half an hour? When you kind of have the emotional ability to have those conversations. And even in just a romantic relationship, some people have different pasts that they've been in and their trust was broken in different ways and they don't have 
that emotional vulnerability and they need that trust to be built. And that's essential in any relationship that you have. And it's really important to communicate if somebody is asking too many questions that might be too vulnerable um, and taking the time to also really just assess both needs in a relationship. And talking about all these boundaries, Kaylee, it's important that we set them and we know we can try to set boundaries, but not everyone in your life is gonna follow every single one of your boundaries. People make us uncomfortable every day. That's just life. So what do you recommend to do when someone crosses your boundaries? I was going back to the reading of the mind thing. Like I wish everyone could just read my mind and know exactly what my boundaries are and nobody would make me uncomfortable. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, and this again, like kind of goes back to intentions, making sure you understand kind of what you want out of different relationships, what you kind of expect and really kind of understanding the way that your emotions are making your, you feel. If your emotions are making you feel uncomfortable, if you feel like you're in a situation that you're not comfortable, communicating that with somebody. Going back to when we talked about the people barging in, like if there's now five people in your room and you're uncomfortable that the rules that the college has set are being broken, communicating that, saying, the college has this five person rule and I don't want to be that person to break it. May you please exit my room. And if you need extra help with one of those things, you know, there's RAs, there's community directors that can help you with a lot of those things. But also recognizing we're human, we're going to do things that might cross some boundaries. Um, I've probably crossed people's boundaries all the time and just having them communicate with you. So doing the same thing, saying, you know, that made me uncomfortable that you did that. May you please not do that again. Or just understanding, you know, you might not agree on every little thing and trying to just be respectful of the boundaries that other people have set and listening when people are saying, you know, that's making me uncomfortable. Maybe please do something else. And maybe making that compromise, finding a middle ground um, is also something that you can also try to do. And accepting if it's not meant to be. Maybe you're in a relationship and someone just continuously crosses those boundaries. And that's probably not a relationship you wanna to continue to be in and just accepting, you know, I've tried, I've explained my boundaries to this person. I've told them a million times that I don't like whatever they're doing and they're just continuously crossing this boundary. You don't need to stay in that relationship. You can leave, you have full permission to do that. And sometimes just accepting that you shouldn't be in that relationship is important as well. I agree. Making boundaries clear is so important. For me, I've never had any big problems with physical boundaries, which I'm really lucky for. But I was in a pretty serious relationship with a boyfriend where I did not realize my mental and emotional boundaries are being crossed. I put everything I could in when I was not receiving the same back. This contributed to me letting go of what was important to me, all for what I thought was the good of my relationship. It wasn't until the relationship ended that I realized how unhealthy it had become. This can happen to so many people so quickly. Not even dating can be toxic. It can be so toxic just between two friends that are way too close and putting way too much in and it's just not an equal balance. It is important to recognize the signs of an unhealthy relationship and never take a sacrifice for the relationship too far where you lose yourself. Kately, what are some signs you look out for in you and your friends' relationships to make sure they are healthy? Also, just like going back to your example, I was in a relationship previously where 
I was being constantly controlled and told that if you're not back in your dorm room by 10 o'clock and you don't tell me exactly where you are at every second of every day, I just got yelled at and screamed at and told that I didn't want to be in this relationship and I didn't care. And I thought that I just needed to do everything to please this other person when maybe they didn't tell me where they were going and that didn't even matter. But I was just in such an unhealthy state that I didn't realize that I was in until I was out of it. Just same, the same thing that you were kind of explaining. And I think when you start to see someone controlling one aspect of the relationship, one person making all this decisions, one person trying to control the other, maybe pressuring you to do things that you don't feel comfortable doing, that's when you should start to take the time to really kind of evaluate are things equal in this relationship? Are, am I being fulfilled? Is this person that I'm in the relationship helping me become a better version of myself? Do I want to spend time with them? You should only put energy into people who are going to put energy back into you. And that's just so important, especially in this day and age when our relationships are few and far between because we're strained for our social interaction. So really finding relationships that are based on equality and respect and trust, you know, those healthy relationships where you can make decisions together and discuss things openly. And that doesn't mean that you're going to agree on every little thing. Again, you're probably not. But being able to have those discussions in a respectful manner where you can kind of learn from one another different things and enjoying spending time with one another, like being able to spend time together and be very content in that, um, but also being happy apart, being able to have your own things and being able to be your own person are some signs of really healthy relationships. And on the complete flip side of that, there's abusive relationships and relationships can go from unhealthy to abusive really quickly. And that's when you start to see one person really starting to make all of those decisions. One person really saying, you can't go talk to that other friend. You can't go to Cheney with somebody else. You need to just hang out with me when someone is really just so over-consuming. Abusive relationships could also be physically abusive. That can be with hitting or kicking or different things like that. But it could also be sexual. Again, going back to the fact that you don't owe anyone anything. If you are in a romantic relationship with somebody, sex can often be a fun part of that relationship. But again, it's not something that's required of you. You shouldn't have to have sex with someone you're in a romantic relationship. You shouldn't be told, well, we're dating, so we have to do this. That can be another sign of an abusive relationship. And it's really important to take the time to kind of evaluate the relationship you're in. Is, are they making you a better person of yourself or are you dreading seeing this person? Are you dreading hanging out with them? Are they making you do things that are going across your boundaries or going across your intentions? And a lot of the times we sometimes don't see these things happen, but it's important to also kind of just make sure that you're in tune with yourself and don't allow someone to guilt trip you into doing something that you don't want to do or don't feel comfortable with. And I've definitely experienced it with certain people. Um, for me personally, it was guy friends just kind of pressuring me into things that I didn't really feel comfortable doing. And nobody wants their friendliness or their willingness to be helpful to be equated to someone deserving something from them or having a friendship imbalance based because you're just a very helpful person 
and the other person doesn't give something in return. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of resources you can go to to help figure out if you're in a healthy relationship. I know that there's lots of online polls. And if you're at Springfield College or another college or really anywhere, there's a counseling center, there's therapists, there's all different types of people that you can talk to to figure out if your relationship is really the best thing for you. And it's important to recognize getting out of an unhealthy or even a healthy relationship can be scary. Like you're taking out a whole other person from your life. If someone did you wrong, especially in a closer relationship, such as a relationship with your best friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, or even a family member, I've learned you can't harvest the bitterness towards them forever. Taking time to yourself or to focus on other relationships in your life is definitely key. Once you've come to terms with the wrong someone did, and maybe you even did to yourself, it's time to forgive. This doesn't mean you have to go up to someone and forgive them in a formal way, but sometimes just saying it aloud or writing it down or packing away the objects that remind you of the person is the forgiveness you need to drop the anger. And it's also really important to recognize that it's possible to forgive some stuff that you can't forget and working through some of those different wrongs and things like that. But it's also really important to recognize that just because you had previously been in an unhealthy or toxic relationship doesn't mean you're quote unquote damaged goods or any less worthy of being in a healthy, loving relationship. You are so worthy of everything good in this world. And just because you've had this previous relationship where it was unhealthy doesn't mean you're not worthy of a relationship that is totally amazing and I hope for you that that comes your way. The Student Advocates for Wellness are now offering our contactless condom program. Springfield College students can receive free condoms in discreet unmarked packaging delivered straight to their door. All you have to do is go to our Instagram at sc underscore student advocates, click the link in our bio and fill out a Google form telling us your name, dorm, and room number and the condoms will come straight to your door. Once again, that's at SC underscore student advocates. And always remember, we come faster than you do. So what happens when I take the time to set intentions and boundaries, but I've been in this relationship and it is like quite healthy, but I've gotten caught up and I just start to lose some myself in it. What can I do if this happens to be the case? Yeah, that's actually really common, Kately. Let's be real. Everyone knows when someone has taken a relationship too far. Those two people that are attached at the hip, some may say, whether it's two best friends who will literally not speak to anyone else besides each other, or a couple who can't even go to Cheney without one another eating the same exact meal sitting in the same exact place. Or maybe you're on the opposite side of the spectrum and you're so obsessed with your relationship with yourself that you isolate yourself from the rest of the world and all you want to do is be alone and focus on whatever problem you think you have with yourself. Either way, it's important to keep your social circle broad. Balance is very important to me. I have one best friend who I go to for almost everything in my life, but she's not always there all the time, especially since we go to college hours away from each other. I've also been in and out of the dating life, which I've come to realize over the years when you're dating someone, it's important to keep up with all your connections just the same. It can be so hard to give 100% to every relationship, which is what we're supposed to do, especially when you're supposed to be limiting your social circle with COVID. However, I begin to appreciate the little moments with my friends so much more. The one breakfast date I can fit in with my high school friends in our busy lives over Christmas break, or the movie night I can have with my friends at school on the one night when we don't have a million other commitments have become so important to me. 
I've also learned to appreciate technology and how many new friends it has brought me. Even working on this podcast with Kaylee, we have had so many conversations without even seeing each other. And this has really challenged my skills in communicating in our relationship through the club. What types of things do you like to do, Kaylee, to keep up with all of your relationships and welcome in new, new ones during times of COVID? Again, relationships are so, so important to us as humans. I'm really lucky to be an RA and I have 24 people who live on my floor that I get to connect with through Zoom and I get to see some of them in person, of course, six feet apart and get to talk to them and really cultivate those relationships. I'm really lucky to be on a team and have some a couple really awesome teammates and get to talk to them. Um, my family is from really far away. I'm from Guam originally, and I've been able to use Zoom to work out with my brother a couple times a week. And it's allowed me to really just spend time with family members that previously, before Zoom was really a thing, I didn't get to talk to as often or really see and talk and communicate with as much as I really can now. And that's just such an awesome thing to be able to do. Another thing just with relationships and being caught up in them. One thing that my partner and I have found to be really helpful is finding things that we just do alone during the day and spending time just with ourselves away from one another and really having lives outside of our own relationship has been really pivotal in us being able to continue to have a healthy relationship with one another. Yeah, and relationships with others are constantly changing and evolving. I feel like that I'm always caught up in what's the next thing I'm gonna do with someone else? But I'll always have that relationship with myself and it can be the hardest to maintain, even though I'm spending so much alone time with myself during these times of COVID. How do I make sure I'm maintaining a healthy relationship with myself? I think that's so important. Being able to spend time with yourself can sometimes be really scary, especially since we're such social creatures. And I think starting to just hone in on your own strengths Maybe you trying art for the first time or doing some yoga or just recognizing, hey, maybe I'm a really good writer. Um, spending time just doing positive self-talk. We tend to talk to people in a lot nicer ways than we talk to ourselves. And it's really important to just spend some time telling yourself some really positive things. One example of this could be a self-gratitude journal. You could also do a gratitude journal that has to do with things outside of just your physical body, like maybe appreciating that it's really sunny outside today or that the snow looks really pretty on the ground. And it's also so important that you take care of yourself. So recognizing if you're feeling emotionally really drained and not playing the I'm fine game and just continuously burning yourself into the ground making sure that you're eating right, that you exercise or you move around throughout the day, making sure you're sleeping properly, making sure that you have your bases covered and making sure that you're operating as a person because we can't have relationships with other people if our relationship with ourselves is really hindered. And also making sure that you're forgiving yourself. We're humans, we mess up every once in a while and that's a way to learn different things. So it's really important that you also take that time to forgive yourself. Definitely. I think the little things that we do really do build up. And when you have that alone time, it's definitely good to think of these ways of how to spend it to improve your relationship with yourself. I think although I'm not a big formal reflection, getting out and writing all of my thoughts down in a journal, I always try to go for a run every day. And this has really helped me work on my relationship with myself. It gets out all my thoughts and whatever is driving my emotions that day. 
while all of us aren't runners, sometimes it's just going for a walk or just sitting there with yourself. And the outdoors definitely helps, just like you talked about, Kately, a nice sunny day. Like, that's the perfect time to reflect on just your life. <laughs> I hope that all of our listeners can find their own niches to improve their self-love. Don't be hard on yourself if it seems like a never-ending journey. You are an ever-changing person, so keeping up with yourself is an ever-changing process. Thank you for joining us today in our discussion about healthy relationships and self-love. Some of the resources we used and highly recommend to you to check out for more tips are Love is Respect, The Trevor Project, and The One Love Organization. For all things student advocates for wellness, please follow us on Instagram at sc underscore student advocates. We hope you enjoyed our episode and tune in on Wednesday, March 3rd for the next episode about loneliness, isolation, and COVID. We hope you find a few ways to cultivate healthy relationships through intentions or boundaries, and also grow your love for yourself. Find that thing that works for you in your relationship. Thank you.